the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Remarkably, as America approaches a half million dead from one of the worst and worst managed pandemics in modern history, many parents are seeing the handwriting on the wall. At the end of last summer, no normalization of public school education to look forward to in the fall, and in the start of 2021, little improvement. Parents are acknowledging the shortcomings of so-called distance learning with no extracurriculars, no sports, no in-person activities for students, and no in-person education. This has led to a growing exodus of families who are leaving public schools for places where schools are more open, preferring to send their children to local private schools. Public schools across the state are reporting sharp enrollment declines, which have been attributed in part to trends that preceded the pandemic, including declining birth rates, but also concerns over the quality of education offered in the public school environment. Many of these families, in response to these challenges, are recognizing that with the deep frustration after living with months of stalled reopening decisions, patchy online learning experiences, and the toll that extended school closures on their children, these families' decisions reflecting the deep frustration after living with months of stalled reopening decisions, patchy online learning experiences, and the toll that extended school closures are taking on their children have decided to seek other alternatives in order to restore their children's love for learning, mental health, and a sense of normalcy outweighing the sacrifices of sending their child to private schools. So what are the options available to parents? Well, joining me now is the general manager of our radio station to talk a bit about the half-off tuition program now in its 10th year. And Mike Shields, this is an absolutely wonderfully timed opportunity for so many parents that are struggling with what's going on in public education right now and yet wondering how can they possibly afford private education. Craig, you know, you couldn't be more right. Uh, everything that's gone on in 2020, the rules have changed drastically for everybody, especially for parents uh, trying to get a good education for their student, for their children, I'm sorry, especially for parents trying to get an education for their children. The half-off tuition program, as you said, is going into its 10th year. And we've already had, in the course of um, the 10 years, over 230 families have benefited from our half-off tuition voucher program. Let's talk about exactly what the program is about and what it offers. We certainly understand that parents value a child's education. They recognize that it's necessary for children to advance successfully through life. But we also understand that a good education can often be a expensive education. So how costly is a quality education? And tell us a bit about how this half-off tuition program can help. Well, the way the half-off tuition program is set up, uh, the parents actually purchase vouchers for a full year of tuition at the private school that they choose. 
and they pay one half, 50% of that first year tuition, which is a great way for the family to start off their Christian education for their children. Wow, we're talking 50% of a particular school's normal enrollment rate. And of course, for many parents, uh, that's a real make it or break it deal. I mean, we're talking about not only a remarkable degree of savings, but I imagine too, for some parents that are not quite sure, they've never sent their child previously to a private school, they don't know what to expect, they're not certain whether or not the sacrifice is going to be worth it. This really gives them an opportunity then to sort of test drive this. And I would imagine down through the last decade that many parents, after sort of, as they say, test driving the half-off tuition program, have determined that private education for their child is really the way to go. Craig, you know, in the 10 years that we've had our program going, over 96% of the families have continued with the education in the schools after that first year. It's amazing. Wow. So that really shows the remarkable difference that private education is making. And parents deciding once they've had the child enrolled for the first year, they've seen the outcome, they've looked at the difference, not only in terms of educational performance, but of course, many other key components, an environment that is not only a healthy one toward education, and an environment where a child is really allowed to flourish in a way in which it honors the values of that family. Absolutely. It's, um, it's a program that um, has been very successful now for 10 years. And you, you mentioned a little earlier, you know, when you're talking about these tuitions, the full tuitions for these schools can range anywhere from five to 6,000 up to 15 to 18,000. So again, when these families get to come in the first year at 50% of those tuitions, it's a great blessing for them. It certainly is. And of course, at this juncture, we want to point listeners to a special website that's been established that helps you understand more information, get a look at the list of all the schools across the greater San Francisco Bay Area that are participating, understand more about the terms of the program, and also an opportunity to get some questions addressed. And you can simply go online to get more information to halfofftuitions.com. That's halfofftuitions.com. Mike, let's talk a bit about how the program works and specifically how the schools get involved. For example, how does a parent know if maybe a school in their neighborhood that they're familiar with is participating in the program? Well, Craig, you know, you go to halfofftuitions.com, and there's a complete list of all the participating schools. Uh, They're listed uh, alphabetically, and then we also have a section where they're listed by individual cities. So the parents can go on to the website and kind of peruse through it at their leisure and then find a school that is, is you know, that they're going to be targeting for their child. And once they, once they find that school, then um, they can begin the process of getting that, that child uh, enrolled. Yeah. So, so once the parents um, find the school on the website and, and click on it, they can see what vouchers are available for what grades. And if they see a grade that they want to enroll their child in, you'll see the contact information on that page, which is me, Mike Shields. (laughs) Um, They click on it and they will send me an email simply and just say, I'd like to enroll my student 
in this grade at that school, and then from there I take it and run with it. And, of course, there are several reasons for that. First, ascertaining what schools are participating, easily found at the website, halfofftuitions.com. And then once they see the school there and the grade that has the grade that's offering a tuition voucher to then contact you, this will verify that that voucher is still available. We should stress that it's on a first-come, first-served, first-qualified basis. And so if that voucher is still available, then a parent can reserve it. And I understand make an appointment then to go and tour the school in person, learn more about the educational offerings at that particular school and kind of get a broader sense of exactly what that school will be able to do for their child. That's exactly right. They do get to go through pretty much the same process as any student in any family would. Um, They're going to be subject to the same qualifications that all the schools have. But once they, it is like you said, it's first come, first serve. So the sooner they act, the better it is for them. We know certainly how much you as a parent value your child's education. We also know that a quality education can be costly. In this 10th year of our half-off tuition vouchers program, already hundreds of families across the Bay Area have benefited. Why not yours? The program, again, applies to new families enrolling a child for the first time, and we've partnered with some of the most prestigious and we've partnered with some of the most prestigious private schools throughout the San Francisco Bay Area for the upcoming semester. To get more information, go online to halfofftuitions.com. That's halfofftuitions.com. Or call toll-free 800-947-5329. That's 800-947-5329. What schools are participating? And if you go online and don't find the school that you want, how can you get the school near you to participate? We'll talk about that and more as we dive into the importance of a quality education for your child. A brief time out, back with more. Check it out on the web, halfofftuitions.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to our look at your child and education. With me is the general manager of our station, Mike Shields. We've been talking about a special program available to Bay Area parents at halfofftuitions.com. That's halfofftuitions.com. That literally will allow your child as a first-time private school enrollee to benefit from the 50% reduction of the normal tuition rate for a school year. And Mark... And Mike, this is remarkable in that so many parents are struggling with what schools have been through over the course of the past year with shutdowns and the so-called distance learning. Many parents frustrated that their child doesn't seem to be advancing, if anything, maybe losing momentum. And so as a result, more and more parents across the Bay Area are turning to private education. Many schools, of course, offering significantly smaller student-teacher ratios, of course, observing all of the guidelines related to health and safety, but most importantly, too, providing the kind of quality education that will really allow a child to advance and to flourish. And Mike, the, the sacrifice that parents make, we're really seeing a difference in this kind of quality education, aren't we? We are, Craig, and, and, and you can look time and time again at the, uh, at the students that are graduating from the Christian schools Usually their SAT scores are higher than those in public schools. The percentage of these students that are getting into colleges uh, is also much higher. 
it's 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 just it's the, it's the facts and and that's the way it is it's just the the advantage that these christian schools and the education you receive is definitely worth it there are many parents that perhaps have pondered what a private education might mean for their child but they've always hesitated because of the cost and certainly the events of the last year in relationship to the impact of COVID-19 on education in schools all across the country really have parents rethinking whether or not, in fact, they can make that sacrifice to make it work for a child in private school. And what's wonderful about the half-off tuition programs is it makes that first school year so much easier. Talk us through some of the details in terms of what it takes to qualify for a parent to send their child to a private school through the half-off tuition program. Really, the only... The only um the rules, if you would, is uh, this is for new students. This, this program is, is for the family that's, that's um, you know, usually and currently in public school or they haven't started school yet. The details of the program are, again, these are for first-time students, uh, students who are not currently going to the schools. Um, the program does cover the tuition for the first year for these students. Uh, there are some additional costs like books, possibly uniforms, things like that, that are not covered, but the tuition is definitely covered. It also is limited to uh, one student per family. And I suppose we should also mention that once a parent purchases a voucher, it doesn't guarantee attendance for a student to the specified school, as the student has to meet all the regular school admission, attendance, and other conduct requirements that are kind of normal for any student going to any school. That's true. And, you know, once, once, the, once the parents uh, contact us, and we, and we do charge a credit card uh, for the half tuition, that's how we've been doing it for 10 years, um, the schools are still able to maintain their normal admittance requirements. Now, if for any reason the student does not meet the requirements, we will give them a full and immediate refund within 24 hours on that credit card charge. And again, you can go to halfofftuitions.com for complete details if you just simply click on the Terms tab. That's halfofftuitions.com. Mike, for some parents, they might go to the website, look at the list of schools participating and say, gee, I know of a wonderful school just up the street from us, but I don't see that they're participating. How can they determine whether or not perhaps that school might decide to become a part of the half-off tuitions program? You know, what we've done over the last 10 years, Craig, is when a parent goes on and they don't find the school they're looking for, all they need to do is to contact me, Mike Shields. My contact information is, is all over the, the, uh, the pages of the website, and, and we will make calls to that school on behalf of that family. We have added a number of schools over the years through that very method where, where parents don't find what they're looking for, but they contact us and say, hey, can you help us, and we'll do everything we can. 
There's a wonderful tool available at halfofftuitions.com for parents where not only you can directly request a school that you don't find on the list, but you can also sign up for updates as new schools are being added all the time. Now, again, Mike, this is going to be for the upcoming 21-22 school year, and folks can go online to halfofftuitions.com to get not only complete details regarding requirements, terms, conditions, but also information pertaining to exactly how the program works and how a private education might indeed make a significant difference in your son or daughter's life. Again, the website for more information, halfofftuitions.com. That's halfofftuitions.com. Or you can call toll-free 800-947-5329. That's 800-947-5329. Mike, this has been a remarkable program that, as you point out, has benefited hundreds of families across the Bay Area over the course of the last 10 years. And during that time, what kind of stories or feedback do you hear from parents? They make the call, they go online, they purchase the voucher, they get their child enrolled in private school. Do you get any feedback in terms of the kind of difference that this private education is making in the lives of these students and these participating families? Correct. We get that kind of feedback every single year. Um, it's it's amazing. Um, you know the, the the difference that this program has made in the lives of of, of their families' children. Um, it's just it's very heartwarming. It's very fulfilling. And as I said, it's we we receive these emails and phone calls during the campaign, which normally will run from March through August. We receive input almost on a weekly basis. So as this program is making the difference in the lives of students across the Bay Area, maybe it's time that includes your son or daughter. Find out more about the Half Off Tuition program available right now by going to halfofftuitions.com. That's halfofftuitions.com. There you'll find not only details about how the program works, but a complete list of schools across the Bay Area that are participating. And as we mentioned before, if you don't find the school you're looking for, you can request that we contact them to join the program. Go to halfofftuitions.com or call toll-free 800-947-5329. That's 800-947-5329. And, Mike, I'm sure that you're looking forward to more students this year really participating and seeing a significant difference in the lives of these children. Absolutely. Especially, again, you know, after what everybody's gone through in 2020, we're all just kind of praying now and the vaccines are out and we're just praying for a normal, a very nice and normal school year starting in the fall of 2021. More information, go to halfofftuitions.com or call toll-free 800-947-5329 or again at halfofftuitions.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. The tragedy of the Northern California fires, the alarming loss of life, the unnerving destruction of homes and property has many asking why, why, and where. Where was God when all of this first started? And why did he fail to stop it? 
Searching for answers, searching for the hand of God in times of trouble is easy, even normal. Finding his care in all circumstances, both good and bad, well, that takes a bit more effort and understanding of the ways that God works. Joining me on the program, a very special guest. He is best-selling author, speaker on the daily broadcast, heard, of course, Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. right here on KFAX, Bible teacher, Truth for Life, and senior pastor at Parkside Church in Cleveland, Ohio. A delight to have Alistair Begg join us. And Pastor Begg, as always, a great joy to have you on the program. Well, it's a great privilege always to talk with you, so thank you. Timely topic, to be sure, from the devastation of the California wildfires to, to a broader degree, the state of national politics, where our nation is morally, spiritually, has many people today asking this question, where is the hand of God? Yeah, and, uh, and a realistic question it is, especially as you have just recounted these things, and uh, um, you are as close to the action as any, I'm sure, but... Uh, Two of my very good friends uh, had their home burned to the ground in uh, in Malibu, and another friend of a friend was lost in the shooting that took place in Thousand Oaks. And, you know, the first thing pastorally in relationship to these things is, uh, is I think, important to simply sit in silence with people and acknowledge that um, to be very, very quick with answers is probably to miss the point in its entirety. And um, so I, I have uh, learned over time, uh, especially in the context of uh, day-to-day life in the local church, that there, there is a time to be silent and a time to speak. And uh, in these circumstances, especially dealing with people in the immediacy of things, I, I think there is, a, there is a greater gain made in an eloquent silence than immediately in a barrage of uh, sometimes superficial answers to questions that uh, demand the best of us and challenge us at the very um, center of our of our understanding of things, and not least of all of our faith in a God who we would profess to be too wise to make mistakes and uh, too kind ever to be cruel. So that's where that's where we are, and that's where. You know, without our Bibles, we really have nowhere to go. And with our Bibles, at least we have in the story of life um, indications and uh, representations of those who, facing, you know, amazing hurdles, were able at least at the end of it all to look back and uh, to say that they could see the hand of God in it all. And I think one of the things, Craig, is that in the immediacy of things, it it is often not our experience to be able to say that. Uh, it is only in the rearview mirror that we may be able to make sense of it. And even then, that rearview mirror may actually be uh, from the rearview of eternity. Oh, I have to wonder sometimes, uh, certainly in the midst of times of, of turbulence and trouble, uh, it's normal to, to ask these questions, to, to uh, perhaps be caught up by the circumstances where we literally have to stop ourselves and say, wait a minute, what do I understand of this situation, not based on my, my flesh, not based on my human eyes with all of the shortcomings and frailty, but rather based on what we know from Scripture 
And I think there is a degree which historically, if we think back, particularly for people that have been in the faith for a long time and say, well, wait a minute now, here's a circumstances where God rescued me. Here's another opportunity where God showed that he was very much involved in the affairs of my life. Time and time again, we see God very much not only involved in the the affairs of humankind, but 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 literally working on our behalf. I wonder if maybe then in those moments of turmoil and tragedy, if it wouldn't behoove us to pause for a minute and say, okay, time to get focused here and remind ourselves that we're not just simply victims of the randomness of life, but in fact that, you know, as Scripture tells us, God has the very number of hairs on our heads counted. He cares so much for us. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's such a good word, isn't it? And one of the questions that, or one of the ways that I often try and figure things is I say, well, you know, how does this, how does this narrative work, for example, in the life of the Lord Jesus? And of course, you know, at the very center of the Christian faith is not a God on a deck chair, but is, is a God on a cross, is a God who is despised and rejected, who's aware of suffering, um, who, who, who has all hell thrown against him, and, uh, and, and the evil of, of a rebellious world comes down upon his head, and, and the picture from the enemy camp is, now we've finished him, now we've silenced him, and out of the rubble of that, and out of the ignominy of that, comes the triumph of the resurrection. And of course, you know, the story of the Bible, the, the narrative of the Bible, is that we do live in a fallen world. And that, you know, when you read the early chapters of Genesis, uh, the, the judgment of God on the rebellion of man is that there will be thorns and there will be thistles, and, and that you will work in the sweat of your brow, and childbearing will be painful. And in other words, things are out of kilter. And the evidence of things being out of kilter is revealed not only in the microcosm of individual life and family life, but also in a macro uh, picture, in, in the state and the, the evolution and the groanings and the creakings, even of uh, the order of creation itself. And again, the Bible speaks to that and says, you know, the, the, the whole of creation groans in travail, waiting for the redemption of the sons of man. So that the picture of, 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 of Christian faith is not in, in a redeemed universe as a result of our commitment to ecology and everything else, but is in a new heaven and a new earth in which dwells righteousness. Now, that may not seem particularly helpful to somebody who's just standing in the burning embers of their home, but at least it is a narrative that, that is not left with the predicament of uh, a random world, a change universe, and absolute helplessness and cluelessness with no parameters and no boundaries and no borders and no meaning at all. And so um, as hard as it is and as difficult as it is, um, the, the Bible will at least help us. And how fascinating to note in the, the history of mankind that it seems to be not in the times of glee and celebration when everything is going our way that we, we um, desperately seek after God, but rather in those difficult moments and experiences, the groaning and creaking, as you say, that, that comes to life. Uh, maybe it is the tragedy of terrible wildfires. Maybe it's the loss of a child. Maybe it's a spouse that's run off. Whatever the circumstances, 
circumstances might be. We know certainly from Scripture that it rains on both the, the just and the unjust, and yet isn't it interesting to note that it is in those most difficult moments that we travail the most trying to connect with God and find the hand of God, and maybe therein lies some degree of of, of, of clue as to the way God uses these circumstances for his own glory, in that in that middle of travail and tragedy, we can find God present, and ultimately he can lead us to triumph. Yeah, I think that is so good, isn't it? And, you know, we hear Romans eight twenty eight, you know, um, quoted sometimes helpfully and sometimes banded about, you know, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, you know, have been called according to his purpose. And and that little preposition is important, you know, in and then all things, in all things. And it is not that he works above them or around them or despite them, but in them. And, uh, you know, the, the, as, as much of a challenge as that is to our, um, to our theology, at least it is to, to again, uh, understand that when God thinks in terms of what is good, he's not thinking necessarily in terms of our prosperity or our security or our longevity, but he's thinking about what it means for those whom he has uh, called to himself to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that he uses, if you like, the good, the bad, and the ugly in our lives in order to achieve that ultimate good. You refer to this, Alistair, as a kitchen verse theology, which I thought was interesting, and I have to wonder, is this one of those, as often as Romans 8.28 is quoted, is this one of those conditional promises? Because I noticed that it's very distinct here in saying that God does, you know, works together for good all those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. So it sounds like there's, there's some balance here that we need to strike, isn't there? Well, yes, there is. You know, I mean, we have, we have the, the, the instruction of, of God's Word that, that God loves the world. He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life, that we know God uh, um, by creation. We know God as He has revealed Himself in creation and by way of conscience. But when um, we discover what it means to know God in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, we're talking about something that has to do with a very personal acquaintance as a result not now of creation, but of Christ's work of redemption, and that God has a peculiar interest in and a particular purpose for uh, those whom he has redeemed. The mistake that we seem to make is that somehow or another we then, as believers, uh, seek to translate that into a kind of, well, shall we be uh, transported through, to, to, through the skies on flowery beds of ease? And you come across these believers who suggest that, you know, believing in Jesus is a panacea for all ills. You know, it never hurts at the dentist. You never get cancer. You get A's in all your exams. Your children are all beautiful. Your Christmas letters are always full of, you know, exotic stories. When in point of fact, that isn't true to the Bible, nor is it true to human experience. And, and it, doesn't do, it doesn't do anything for the person who is uh, 
trying to dra- drag themselves on their way home from work and, and, and catching a bus in downtown San Francisco and figuring out how they're going to pay their rent and how they can make sense of uh, why they even exist and why they, there would be a God that would ever care for them. And that is our story, to be able to tell them of a God who actually loves them and uh, who has provided for them in Jesus and who even in the darkest of days and in the deepest of disappointments is a God who cares. If you've just joined our conversation, our visit today with Pastor Alistair Begg, he, of course, speaker on Truth For Life, heard Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. A new book called The Hand of God, Finding His Care in All Circumstances, available through Moody Press. You can find it through Amazon. You can certainly go to Bay Area Christian bookstores or get more information, order it directly online. Go to truthforlife.org. That's truthforlife.org. When we come back, diving deeper into the Word of God to find examples in the history of mankind that we can look up to for direction today. Our conversation with best-selling author and speaker on Truth For Life, Alistair Begg, continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. Our visit today with Pastor Alistair Begg from Truth For Life. He, of course, is um, heard every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. You can get more information, by the way, about his ministry online at truthforlife.org. That's truthforlife.org. Lots of great resources available there. Books published by author by Alistair, as well as information regarding podcasts. Again, that's at truthforlife.org. We're talking about the hand of God, finding his care in all circumstances, published by Moody Press. And I, I think about some of the guys in the Bible. There seems to be a trend here that, that oftentimes if your name begins with J, you're going to be in for a hard time. <laughs> I think of uh, people like uh, Jonah, certainly Jeremiah, Joseph, the son of Jacob, um, whom you yep. specifically focus on inside of this book, The Hand of God, to help us better understand exactly where God's hand is, how it works, and how to discover his care in all circumstances. How did you happen to focus on Joseph? Well, it started as an attempt to preach the story. And um, when I realized just how strong the response was to that, I, um, I then said, well, maybe there is value in putting it down in print. And I haven't done that very often at all. And, but that, that's the genesis of it. The book came after the preaching rather than the other way around. And there must have been a real sense of awakening or quickening to people's spirits in beginning to see, wow, here's a guy whose story is amazing. Here's a guy who, let's face it, went through some really difficult times. I mean, I, I, I by the grace of God, I've never had to go through it, but I would imagine being tied up and, and tied down to the back of a camel and being carted back off to Egypt uh, in order to be sold into slavery, probably not a very appealing or uh, delightful afternoon, but that certainly is part of Joseph's experience. What do we extrapolate from his life story, uh, Alistair, in order to apply to our own today? Well, you know, again, you know, in the the words of Cowper, the, the, the hymn writer who himself suffered really dark days in his life, he was a friend of uh, John Newton who wrote Amazing Grace. But, you know, Cowper 
helped us all when he wrote, God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. And the, the, the thing about the, the, the picture of planting footsteps in the sea, you know, if when you walk in the sea, you can never see your footsteps. If you walk in the sand, you, can't, you can see them, but not in the sea. And so it's that picture of the mystery of God as well that, that has then to be, uh, has to be uh, dealt with in light of what God has revealed of himself, uh, that he has revealed himself to be a kind God and a gracious God and a good God and so on. And therefore, when we come up against uh, the bad and the disappointing and the hurtful, we, we shouldn't then say, oh, well, then God is no longer what he has revealed himself to be. We should first of all say, well, isn't this a mystery that a, a good God would allow these things in the, in the unfolding story of a life or in the story of our lives? And so I don't understand, and I will trust him, or I don't understand, and I will curse him. Now, if if you go by, I don't understand and I will curse him, then there may be an immediate sense of satisfaction uh, in feeling that there you go, uh, but there is no answer down that road. And the, the only answer is to say, yes, I, there is much about this that I do not understand, but I bow before the mystery of God's purposes and I will trust him. And I don't see how it's possible to understand the response of Joseph, uh, you know, his father gives him a coat, dotes on him, ticks his brothers off. His brothers can't stand him. They're jealous of him. Uh, they plan to murder him. They decide, Reuben says no. Uh, Reuben, who was a bad act, who had slept with his father's concubine, now is the compassionate one. Uh, there's a mystery in all of that. Uh, and then, as you say, off he goes, you know. And up on the up on the block, presumably standing there naked and... Uh, and the people saying, well, I'll bid this much for him, or I'll bid that much for him. And, and suddenly, if you squeeze your eyes together, you say, goodness gracious, this reminds me of somebody else. Who is it? And then you say, well, of course, it's the Lord Jesus himself, stripped naked and hanged upon a cross, despised and rejected by men. And the devil does his best, means it all for evil, and God intends it for good. And, of course, that is exactly the story as it unfolds, in the life of this young character. Is it really then incumbent upon us to to take a step back? I mean, you know, in, in the moment of the turmoil or tragedy, it's easy to be overwhelmed and to feel as if God is either capricious or vindictive, maybe a little bit of both, or all of this is just sort of randomness. And yet I wonder, Alistair, if, if it, it really becomes incumbent upon a believer to say, okay, let me as best as I can in my, my finite wisdom uh, step back here and, and ask, okay, big picture, what's going on? God is still in control, even though in the moment it doesn't seem as if he is or anybody is. No, that's right. And, and this, again, I think, uh, Craig, is where the poetry of the Bible is so wonderfully helpful. I mean, the psalmist gives us not only these great joyful songs of praise, but he gives us lots of laments. I mean, there is much there in the Psalms that is, if you like, provided for us. You know, a little Psalm, like Psalm 13, which begins, How long will you forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long must I have sorrow in my heart? How long must my enemies triumph over me? So he's not having a good day, let's just say that. 
and he, he, he is confronted by circumstances which cause him to lament. Part of the problem in evangelicalism is that we have no context for lament. If you go to the average service, there is very little time that is given to confession of, of sin. There is very little opportunity that is given for moments of silence. There is very little time that is given over for, if you like, lament. Very few songs are played in a minor key. Everybody wants it to be up. Everybody wants it to be triumphant. And so, in actual fact, when you come into that context, you know, with your feet uh, slightly on fire from the events of the week that has passed, and you are looking for the, the opportunity for solace and for um, engagement with a God who is far bigger than our ability to comprehend, then, goodness gracious, the trivialization of so much of it is enough to, uh, to cause a person to make a, run, make a run for the back door. I'm reminded of the passage that uh, for now we see through a glass darkly. We know that in Jeremiah sure. twenty nine eleven we're told that God has a plan, and yet sometimes yeah. maybe we're frustrated because God has the plan. He just hasn't shared it in its entirety with us, and we're just chomping at the bit. We want to know how does things turn out? What's going to happen here? And, of course, technically, if we've read the Scripture, we really do know the end of the story, don't we? Well, that's right, you know, and that's, that's, why, that's why we have the end of the story, that the, sto- the, story, the story is a story of, of triumph, ultimately, in Jesus, that the, the, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. We have no answer for death. The statistics are clear. One out of one dies. Nobody wants to tackle it. Nobody wants to address it. We, 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 we cover up in flowers in the back of a black limousine and, and, uh, and, and let it pass by. But the reality is we know we all face that. And, and if, if we do not have an answer to that dilemma, whatever our view of the world is, it is an insufficient view of the world, because that is the one issue that, that confronts every one of us. Whether that is death as a result of a fire that comes through, whether it is death as a result of sleeping away in the night, whatever it is, that's what it is. And the fundamental question the person should be asking is, if I had gone down in those flames, where would I spend eternity? And a Christianity that speaks always of the now and the time and the immediate benefit is a Christianity that is not the Christianity of the apostolic gospel, which was constantly referring people to the fact that God has appointed a day when he will judge the world, and he's given proof of this by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And every time that the creation creaks and groans in this way, uh, we are given a strong reminder of the fact that these are powers that are vastly beyond us, and either they are powers that exist in a chance universe, we are molecules held in suspension, we were born without reason, we prolong ourselves by chance, we die and go into oblivion, or there is actually a creator God who has loved us even in our rebellion, and has dispatched the second person of the Trinity, even Jesus himself, not simply to shout to us from afar, but to step down into life with us, to bear sin, to bear punishment, to bear hatred, to be the recipient of cruelty, to die an ignominious death, and yet to triumph over it. And that is the hope of the Christian. We sorrow not as those who have no hope, but we still sorrow, and we should sorrow, because so much of life 
is profoundly sad. The Hand of God, Finding His Care in All Circumstances. Again, published by Moody Press. You'll find it at the usual suspects, Amazon.com, or you can order it online at truthforlife.org. That's truthforlife.org. The broadcast, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m., right here on KFAX. Pastor Alistair Begg, Alistair, as always, thank you so much for the insights. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.